definitely needed a drink after that song. It's it's one of them songs which really makes your throat go raw, isn't it? But it is a, it is an amazing song. Well, I wanted to start with a prayer. And this is a prayer that John Stott, it's believed that he prayed this prayer daily. It was a prayer that he started with in the morning. He said, Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, many people who knew John Stott, John Stott, would describe him as the most Christ-like person that they knew. And for many of them, they believed that his character, his very being, was testament to the fact that God answered his prayer and that the Holy Spirit ripened his fruit within his life. And in doing so, John was able to, to get a sense of what it means to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Because the, the fruit of the Spirit, it is in many respects, it's a beautiful picture of Jesus and his character because we know that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, that he embodied everything that the Spirit was about. And the more that we are filled with the Spirit, the more that the Spirit is able to ripen those fruits within our lives. And in doing so, the more we become like Christ. Maureen was just telling me this morning that the flower arrangements, which is beautiful, aren't they? Um, she doesn't usually have different colors for all of the flowers, but instead she wanted to demonstrate this tapestry of all of these different colors and the representation of the fruit of the Spirit. And it just seems really relevant when we think about these fruits of the Spirit as a portrait of this beauty of Jesus. And as we're looking at the passage of Galatians today, this, this embodying of what it means to be Christ-like is what Paul was yearning for, for those that he was writing to. He talks about this where he said, oh my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed within your lives. It was Jesus who said, I came that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. And doesn't that sound great? When we look at this amazing, beautiful display of these amazing colors and think of that as a representation of the tapestry of our lives and what the fruit of the Spirit can bring out within us, isn't that just an amazing picture? 
Isn't that something which everyone should be seeking after? And the fact is, is that in life, people are always seeking this idea of an abundant life. If you look at all of the internet, if you look at social media, if you look at tabloids, all of these different places are so often trying to display and lay out some kind of picture of what it means to live life abundantly. If we want to look somewhere which has made it almost their motto, then you could look at the US, where there's this idea that life is full of possibilities. It's anything that you can make off of it. There's all sorts of catchphrases and slogans which have been popularized through this kind of concept. Nothing is impossible in life. Be grateful for the simple things in life. Stamp out negative thinking. Grasp life's possibilities and travel on the road to success. And in many respects, if we're going to try to, to to get a picture of how this is embodied in the world, then one of the places we can look is at celebrity lifestyle. Because so often the celebrities are held up so high on a pedestal because people perceive them as living that abundant life that they only wish that they could live, a life which is of their dreams. And yet, what often seems to be the case if you inspect these people's lives, and not even necessarily under a microscope, we very quickly come to realize that all of these different things that these lives represent, they're far from this abundance that Jesus was promising. It's just over the last couple of days that Russell Brand has found himself in the, um, the top of the headlines where all of his previous um, promiscuity is now catching up with him, it seems, and various allegations and things like that are being made. So often we, we see this, where there just isn't this capability to really fully live this abundant life outside of the life of Jesus, outside of the kind of life that it is that he's called us into. Because the thing about Jesus, and that's something which we as Christians believe, is that he does actually want us to live life in all its abundance, in all its fullness, to enjoy life, to appreciate the beauty of his creation. And he wants us to enjoy that with all of its fruit. And in order that that fruit might bear out within our lives, he gifted us the Spirit. And we have an amazing passage in Galatians 5 where it talks about the impact of the Spirit within our life. What it means to actually live our life in the abundance that Jesus has actually promised us. In Galatians 5, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Since you are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now this is unique to Christianity. There's no other religion in the world which has this sense of an indwelling of God within the person. 
a gift of God. A gift which allows people to be transformed in a way that you can't find anywhere else. And Paul is saying that in order for this gift to flow out in abundance from us, then we just need to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. That we just need to live by the Holy Spirit. That we need to be led by the Spirit. This is not just about a list of things that we need to seek to do, a bucket list of things that we have to achieve. This is about allowing the Spirit to, to transform us into something that we can't even imagine. Like with John Stott, it's more about allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our lives so that our character might be transformed. And in this, we will get a sense of what it means to really live life abundantly. Because the thing about fruit is that fruit is something that you only get when there's life in it. Anybody who knows anything about gardening would recognize that trees, that plants, that nature grows from an intricate transformation of all of the different amazing things of creation coming together and growing and developing and then allowing buds to begin to form for fruit to be able to grow from within that. It is a process. It's not something which just happens overnight. It's something that takes time. It's something about placing ourselves in the best environment where we're able to grow. We all know if we try to grow something which is in the shade, but it's designed to have a lot of sunlight, well, that's not going to grow very well. In the same way, we need to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, to live in the Spirit so that our fruit might grow within our lives. And how do we know that the fruit is growing within our lives? Well, we're able to look for the evidence for that fruit. And that's what Paul was outlining so well, is these are the characteristics of the fruit. I loved it. Somebody had described this before, that it's one fruit but many flavors. Because so often people describe accidentally the fruits of the Spirit, but it's not, it's the one fruit which is growing in our lives. But that fruit is represented in this tapestry of many different flavors. And as we look for this evidence within our lives, then we're able to become more aware of God's work within our lives, of the Spirit's transformation within our lives. And actually what Jonathan was saying this morning, it really tied into this. Because quite often we need to learn to tune into the Spirit. We need to learn to see the Spirit working in our lives throughout any, diff any and all of the different situations which we find ourselves in. 
We need to learn to tune into the joy of the Spirit, whether we're in a difficult situation or whether we're in an amazing once-in-a-lifetime situation. And one of the areas that I've particularly um, wrestled with regarding the, the Spirit's work in our lives is actually the area of calling. And the reason why I've wrestled particularly with this area of calling is because it's something which people use quite often with a real degree of certainty. It's this language of describing that God has blessed me and suggested that this is a direction that he's asking me to go into. And I've always thought, well, how do you really know that that is the case? Alistair was talking about last week, and he's mentioned it a couple of times, that we need to discern that it's actually the spirit that is speaking to us within our lives. Because so often we can be called into things where we feel so strongly that this is what God is calling us to. And then you can go and share that with your friends and wider and no one else seems to be thinking that you're being called to the same place. And it, it gives you a, a pause, doesn't it? It makes you think, well, how is God actually speaking to me? How, how can I actually be sure that I am being led by the Spirit and not led by my own self-will? my own aspirations, my own ambitions to live this abundant life, seeking something which isn't actually what the Spirit is calling me to. Well, I actually found that Eric Liddell, for me, and his story was a really fundamental story about my understanding of calling and how actually the fruit of the Spirit relates to that. For those that don't know, Eric Liddell was a um, Scottish runner, and he was also a devout Christian, and he was also a well-known missionary. He was very, very fast, and that left him in a bit of a conundrum, because on one hand, he had this amazing gift, which meant that he could beat pretty much everyone in running, and that he had great pleasure within that. But on the other hand, he had a really deep devotion for God. And then two things did come into conflict within his life. His friends and his family, who didn't necessarily see sport as a worthwhile calling, would say to him, you shouldn't be wasting your time doing this athletics. You should become a preacher or a minister. You certainly shouldn't be going out spending all of your time training within this way. Now, in the movie which represented Eric Liddell's story, there's a really interesting juxtaposition between two athletes. Because you had Eric Liddell and you had another athlete called Harold Abrahams. Now, Harold Abrahams... He was like Eric Liddell. He was one of the very, very fast runners. And he also loved to run. But he was obsessed with it. Because for Abraham's, running was his life. Everything that he was trying to achieve 
was represented in his ability to win races. So all of his training, all of his dedication went into that goal of, I need to be the winner. He described in the movie, he said that in one hour's time, I will be out there again. I will raise my eyes and look down that corridor, four feet wide, with 10 lonely seconds to justify my whole existence. But will I? For Abraham's, his vocation, his passion represented his very own identity. And every time he went down the hallway and heading towards the track, he felt the full weight of everything that he committed his life to. And that pressure of, was it worth it? Will I achieve what I plan to achieve within this race? Eric Liddell, however, in a different scene, he said, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Abraham sought satisfaction and joy in the race. But we see from the movie, and we see from just so many different people in life, that satisfaction always eluded him. It was always just out of reach. Even when you've won that final race and you've got everything that you've sought after, it doesn't fill that hole inside you. It still allows you, leaves you yearning for something else. To set out and work out what is the next race that you're going to participate in. But little, he found his satisfaction in Jesus Christ. And when he runs, he experiences Jesus's joy. It was that fruit of the Spirit that Eric Liddell was recognizing in that race. He wasn't doing it for the goal. He was doing it because he felt God's pleasure. Because he was able in that moment to enjoy what it means to experience that joy that God had set before him. In this special gift that he had given him. And I think when we're thinking about this series, there's a really important reminder there. Because we are all called to serve within Christ church. And when we're called to serve within his church, it isn't because we have to. It isn't necessarily because we're going to receive some kind of praise for doing that. It isn't like, as Alistair has spoken before, about trying to get the best jobs so that we can seem the most important. Instead, it's because in following this calling upon our lives that we are promised a blessing. And that these blessings are beyond anything else that the world can offer us. These blessings of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, 
they are a beautiful picture of the abundance that we can experience when we rest ourselves in Jesus. When we allow the Spirit to guide our lives. God promises these blessings in our lives. And the Bible has a, such a clear narrative which lays out these blessings and the promise of these. And Paul reminds us of these. He said, the real children of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Jonathan was talking about these blessings that were promised. This isn't the promise of everything that we want in life that we will get. This isn't a promise that life is going to be easy. What it's a promise is that we are able to experience the fullness of what God intended by allowing the Spirit to guide us in our lives. We were reminded that in Psalm 103 that Caitlin had read, where it said, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. He fills my life with good things. Because there is a promise that our life will be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are these blessings, and they are blessings that also bless others. And so how do we ensure that we create the best conditions for this fruit to grow in our lives? Because that's what Paul was concerned with for the Galatians. He said we need to let the Holy Spirit guide our life. We need to be led by the Spirit. We need to live by the Spirit. Christian freedom, what it means to live life abundantly as a Christian, is about being released from the slavery of chasing after what we think we need. Chasing after them elusive goals, them desires, which we never are quite able to grasp. Instead, if we align our will with Christ, then in many respects, our freedom is expressed in our will to serve one another. To be a part of Christ's work within the world. Jesus talked about this when he said, take my yoke upon you. Not yet. Um, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus does have a plan for us. Jesus does have a will for us. And that requires us to commit to his calling upon our lives. That doesn't mean that we're able to just go and carry on in life the way that we want to go in life. We do need to submit ourselves to Christ. But when we submit ourselves to Christ, we are encouraged, we are promised that by doing that, we will enjoy the abundance of life. And in that, there is an amazing gift and an amazing promise. 
So I would just like to just finish with all of us just praying John Stott's prayer together. Because it seems like a really good way to start and finish the sermon. So please do just read it out loud as we pray this together. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Thank you very much.